All right, everybody, welcome to the Town Advancement Monthly Training on a super secret, secret topic that has not yet been revealed, but Brother Mark Jones is going to kick off our time in prayer. Let's go to the Lord, fellas and ladies. Father, just thank you so much for the time that you've given us to, to gather together um, from different parts of the Northeast um, to hear how your spirit's moving. Uh, we thank you for Jeff and his willingness, even feeling under the weather as he is, to, to step up and lead this call and uh, give him the strength, give him the voice, give him the clarity he needs, not just to be connected to you, but to verbalize what he has to say to us today. And may we be receptive. May we be um, ready to receive whatever you want for us to receive through this this call in these next few minutes. And uh, ultimately, may it glorify you and make our ministry that much better. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, Mark. <clears throat> All right. So without further ado, what is our topic we're going to discuss this morning for the next 26 minutes or so? And um, it's going to be succession planning. And I was thinking about it this morning and I was like, man, are there <clears throat> at first, my first question was, are there any biblical examples? And I, even before I finished the question, I was like, are there any biblical examples of succession planning? I mean, of, of course there are. And, and we'll explore some of those this morning. And then I thought, in, in some ways, maybe it's a fancy term. It's something I've dealt with in leadership roles before for, for many years, and Dave Toth for many decades, in fact. Um, and so dating myself a touch there. But so my, my question first for the group is, how would somebody define succession planning? What is succession planning? Preparing someone to take over um, and continue forward and actually add to what you started. All right. I heard some words there. Prepare phrases and we take over and add. Okay. What else? I was going to say leaving it better than you found it. Like I think about something I tell my kids all the time, leave it better than you found it. <laughs> Man, as a boy scout, a former boy scout, there it is. Leave wherever you were better than you found it. Others. Just if somebody's, if you're willing to raise your hands, whether your, your photo is there and you can just do the, the you know, the, the hand gesture or whatever, but who here has, is not familiar with succession planning? And for those that may listen to this later, that's zero hands. Everybody is familiar with succession planning in some shape or form. All right. So here's, here's a definition that I found and I also modified slightly for us. So succession planning is a strategy for identifying and developing future leaders at your organization not just at the top, but for all roles at all levels. It helps your organization prepare for all contingencies and growth by preparing high potential teammates for advancement. Sounds kind of fancy, but it, it basically encompassed all of what I thought we might need for our respective ministries in our areas. The next question is, why is it needed? Jesus why did it with the disciples. So I think that's a pretty good <laughs> basis. <laughs> Like we could just like hang up, love you guys. See a session ended. Logan, Logan coming in with the Jesus juke. Just you know, can somebody provide me an answer? Jesus. All right, thanks, Logan. <laughs> no, I'm just that's good. No, I, really good. my answer to piggyback off of Logan's is because we like we don't know what our time is. You know, we don't know how long we're gonna be here. 
And if we're not planning for tomorrow, we're not doing the ministry of service because essentially if we think that we're the be all end all that the ministry starts and ends with us and there's no succession plan, you know, what if God calls us away someday? And then we look back and we're like, Oh yeah, that, that wasn't my objective. Like I wasn't trying to work myself out of a job and and get somebody to replace me, you know? So good. So what I I heard a couple things there that there's potential, I mean, also, you could you could get called home <laughs> and, and be gone, right? Um, you can get called to a different role with an FCA. Um, you can get called um, maybe to another vocation, right? As a part of that, and so so you need to be prepared as we may step out. Okay, so that 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 is absolutely one area. What might be other reasons that we want to do succession planning? Jeff, Jeff, isn't it true that many businesses don't make it from one generation to the next because there's been such poor succession plan. And I know you, Dave, as a business leader, had to had to deal with that, um, you know, the succession planning and be prepared for those types of situations. Ultimately, you're called into, into ministry here. So there's got to be folks that can take that and run with it after. Mm-hmm. Any others before I read with you guys? Just a couple of thoughts here. I'm thinking just going off of what you read as a definition, that it's not just necessarily succeeding you, but it's about training future leaders. So they could be succeeding someone else, somewhere else. So it might not just, it might be not just you moving on. It might be them moving on to something bigger and better elsewhere. Right. So hero maker, talent exporter, right? So you may grow somebody to have them go serve elsewhere, near-term pain for you to lose that individual, but what an amazing kingdom impact that could be where they serve elsewhere. That's a great one, Mark. Others. All right. So here were a couple areas I thought that we should, you know, reasons why we should focus on this. Um, uh, you'll experience attrition. They will happen. Some people will go elsewhere. Some people will choose um, uh, not to be on staff anymore. Some people's funding may dry up. You know, there's just various reasons why you'll experience that. So you want that ministry that they've been responsible for to continue for sure. You'll experience growth. There will be areas that you'll be unable to serve if you're not preparing people to step up into new roles. And as people lead in other areas, how do they maintain then the ministry that they had started before? Um, You'll experience promotion, a similar example there, right? Uh, You yourself may choose a different role. You may be chosen for a different role. And again, how are you going to have others fill in behind you as a part of that? We're experiencing that um, in both Maine right now and also in, in upstate, right? Just to name a few examples. And I would say, I would suggest this, without succession planning, there's a good chance you're going to remain stagnant and you could possibly regress in your ministry, which would really be a travesty. Um, I think that we, with some concerted effort, and we'll go through this in a bit here, and some specific planning, we can actually do this really well. And in fact, maybe it can be catalytic for our ministry growth. So that'll be our challenge to our team here. Okay. So the question is, we've talked a little bit about staff. Right. So I have some examples of maybe um, in what areas of our ministry we might want to consider contingency planning, excuse me, um, succession planning. And, and I'll send this out after. So no need to, to you know, furiously write notes here, but um, huddle participants to become huddle leaders. How are you preparing those participants to become leaders? Um, that's for both coaches and athletes. Right. So um, athletes to interns. How do you how do you plan for uh, for you know athletes who are part of huddles to become interns as a part of that? And how have you then planned those interns 
who are going to become staff, you know, prepared to, to backfill for them. And then staff who are becoming reps or reps to directors. What about league and club? Just to name a few things to add complexity to this. Um, so on the staff side, I just see so many opportunities where we need to make sure we're preparing the next generation to step in behind us as we get tapped for new things, as they get tapped for new things, and as we get tapped to, to address new areas for every coach and athlete. What are some other areas of ministry where we need to consider uh, succession planning? Anybody have a board or an advisory team? Um, we have uh, term limits, if you will, for our, our board chairs. So who's stepping up next uh, to, be, to be that next board chair? So who is your board chair intentionally developing to step into that role, whoever God's calling it to, to be that board chair next? Um, who may be stepping off of the board and who's next to back backfill for that person? So we're doing it in the areas of our board. So I think about friends who become board members, board members become board chairs. What about board members? We're going to become staff. And how are we intentionally developing them to step in to maybe be receptive to God's call in their life? Uh, I have at least one other area where I feel like we need to make sure we're doing succession planning. Anybody have any ideas what that might be? It's a great intersection point in my mind between talent advancement and ministry advancement. And that's with our volunteers. So our volunteers will not do what they're doing for forever. Um, so what are we doing to make sure that we, if we have a volunteer who is just, that, that she is just crushing it in a, in a certain area or, or a guy is doing it here, what are we doing to develop the next generation of volunteers who are going to step up to do that, which will free them up maybe to do even more than they want to. Maybe it's to join staff, maybe it's to join a board. I don't know. Um, but what are we doing for succession planning? So for me, staff, boards, and other volunteers, and I also want to make sure I'm not forgetting any others. Are there others that you guys can think of? My slow mind this morning came up at least those three areas. Now I'm going to turn it over to Logan to describe how Jesus, no, I'm just kidding. Um, staff boards, great. Jesse's putting them in there. So here are the biblical examples that I um, took a brief look at this morning, uh, which is just, I think, beautiful. So, so Jesus with the disciples, right? First example for sure. And if I think about the original uh, 12 Maybe 13, but um, he made a very clear invitation. So he was intentional about that, inviting them in. Um, and then he provided them with direction uh, through his teaching. And then uh, I believe he trained them on how to do that. So invitation, set expectations and direction, then he trained them. And how did he train them? He trained it by modeling it. Um, he expected it from them. And there was some maybe course correction sometimes or um, let's just say he was very direct in that. I mean, challenge them as a part of that. So how can we model those? And then I thought about specifically Jesus with Paul. Um, in Acts, Jesus instructs Paul, get up and enter the city and you'll be told what you are to do. And so here is, you know, Jesus' words to Paul, who now this is beautiful, right? So Jesus is preparing his disciples for when he's going to leave to take this on. And now after he's arisen, he's now instructing Paul on how to continue this. And we know that Paul has several examples of succession planning for himself, knowing that he's not going to be here. So what did he do? Um, oh, first off, let me ask this. Why did Jesus choose Paul? Of all the people that he could have chosen, why might Jesus have chosen Paul? 
I'd say passion for God before he met Christ. Yeah. And I would say this, Dave, that was, in fact, as I wrote here, so Paul was passionate about developing, he was passionate about Christ, but passionate about developing future leaders, equipping them through training, coaching, and mentoring processes that ensured consistent values. I thought the last part of that was really interesting. So what are the expectations we have? What are the values that, um, that we expect, right? Uh, those to, to live up to and to uphold as a part of that. He's very clear. Um, with two of, of his successors in here, right? And so first with Timothy. So how did he go about doing this? And again, I, it struck me is that he was very clear and intentional uh, with them and he provided great encouragement as a part of that as well. So um, and, and in 1 Timothy 1, 2, uh, Timothy, my true child in the faith, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. So already there's an encouragement in that, right? And then he goes on to have provide instruction and a warning um, is a part of that. And, you know, he tells him very clearly, remain uh, in verse 3, remain uh, on at Ephesus. So clear. So that you may do what? Instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines. Okay, so um, not to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies. So he's being very clear on his expectation, right, as he's teaching. So those are first two things that come up for me there. And reading through the rest of 1 Timothy 1 through 11, there's a number of examples of um, the guidance he is giving. And then to Titus, um, Titus 1 verses 4 and 5. Um, similarly, just how he wrote and encouraged, right? Can you imagine receiving this from Paul? He, he, he writes this to, to Titus here. And Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our savior to my true child in a common faith. So the encouragement and then the expectations that he gives uh, to Titus. For this reason, I left you in Crete so that you would set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. So here he is uh, directing one of his successors to create this structure so that he can maybe ultimately have successors even in his area here. So thoughts, reactions to... Uh, to that so far before we get into some practical things and how we can transition into how we can do this. Other examples in the Bible that you guys may think of or even elsewhere. The first place my mind go, went to was Elijah and, and Elisha. And just, I mean, it's like the ultimate example of discipleship. They basically served together for a time until Elijah went on, so. <laughs> That's beautiful. Let me ask this question. And, and you know, I'm giving you permission to either brag on yourself or, or just to be, be honest. Anybody doing this really well right now? Anybody feel like this is a focus of theirs? All right, follow-up question. Anybody feel like they have area, room for improvement? in the area of succession planning. All right, see some hands going up there. I wanna make sure it's worth continuing on in this session this morning. Uh, and I, I see for me, it is as well. I won't be in this role for forever. And what am I doing? I was talking with Nathan about it um, earlier this week. And really he said, hey, can you accelerate your plans to have an assistant talent advancement director uh, in the area, right? Focused on certain areas, knowing that I wanna focus on, in, on other things as well. So uh, we need to give ourselves permission to do that. 
to dream a little about, a bit about what's next, either for us or for our teammates and our staff that we're responsible for. Moses and Joshua, another great example there. Uh, Pastor Frank tossed in the chat. All right. So here are a few things that I can think of. And um, again, I'll send this out later, but maybe five steps that we can consider in succession planning for us here. Okay. The first step number one, take an assessment of where your ministry stands today. So where does, does, does your ministry stand today? Um, where are you today? What does it look like? What schools are you in? What campuses are you on? What clubs do you have? Where is your ministry taking place? What camps do you have? What staff do you have? What boards do you have? What volunteers do you have, right? So taking just an assessment and maybe for, for those of you that have an area small enough, maybe this is just a, you know, a 15 to 30 minute exercise to, to type up, to write out whatever you may do. Maybe it's a, it's a blank piece of paper just to see where I am today. Um, and then there's a question of, um, maybe in the back of your mind, you're thinking about this, what vision has God given you for your area and what are you going to need in the future? The second part, right? So this is like one B, if you will. So you're evaluating where you are, but then you got to think about where do you want to go? What's God giving you for a vision of where you want to go? Um, so point number two. So if one is where am I, where am I today slash where do, where do I want to go? Number two is evaluating your current team. So Number one is to say, well, who do I have? And it could be across those dimensions, volunteers, boards, and staff. And maybe just a really objective evaluation of how they're doing against the expectations. Um, are they knocking the ball out of the park? Are they coming up short, maybe not operating in their gifting? Have we asked them to do something that's outside of that, something they're not necessarily passionate about? So how are they doing today? And then what future potential do they have? in this. We talk about, I hear this phrase, uh, high capacity leaders, um, the high potential leaders, right? So they may be younger, I don't mean an age, but an experience. Um, and, and, but you see there's, there's great potential that's there. So what future potential they have? And obviously then we have a goal, right? Of how do we then develop them into that, right? So we've taken assessment where we are today. And then as a part of that, evaluating your current team, who is it, how are they doing, and what does their future potential look like, okay? Number three, create development plans for those that you are targeting. And I want to be really clear on this. Not everybody needs to step into a new role or a bigger role or a different role. God may have them exactly where they want to be, where he wants them to be even better, and that's okay. Um, we need folks that are going to just deliver where they are. And if that's what God's called them to do, that's okay. And by the way, if you're one of the folks um, that, that is, um, uh, you feel like you're being passed up for an opportunity, maybe it's because God wants you exactly where you are and you don't need to worry about the promotion. I got dinged hey, six months ago because I, I described that somebody got promoted from a rep to director and the staff looked at me and thought I was joking. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry. I said, like, no, they're promoting. He goes, that's not promotion. It's just a different role. So I had two reactions to it. One, I thought, man, when Shane Williamson was promoted from you know, the chief field officer to this president CEO, there was a clear promotion that happened there. But you know, the, the, there's nothing more important about a director than there is a rep 
or an ambassador to a divisional vice president or regional vice president, there isn't, right? So let's just be clear on people operating um, in, their, in their gifting, right? And where God wants them to be. So, but for those you are targeting, who have a desire to serve in a different capacity, who have high potential that you need to continue to grow your ministry, you need to create that specific plan. So what does that look like? Um, first off, you need to be intentional. You need to identify who they are and you need to create that plan. It needs to be specific to them. What do I mean by that? Um, each one of us has gaps, areas where we fall short, but gaps that we can close, right? So how does that plan address the areas where there may be um, a weakness, a current weakness in an individual? And the second part of that plan should be to, to, to playing to their strengths or bolstering their strengths. Where do they operate really well? And how do I want to make sure that they are continuing to exercise those muscles as well? Um, such that, um, that they're stepping into lead in that capacity if it's a higher leadership capacity role, for example, okay? So being intentional to close gaps and play to strengths, creating that plan. Um, the part about this, which I think is interesting, you know, some people might say, well, you shouldn't have that conversation with people because, um, you know, who knows if they're actually going to be that person. Maybe you should just do it without them knowing. I'll, you know, that's up to you guys and your staff and how you do that. It's up to your volunteers and how you do that, your board members and how you do that. For me personally, um, I like to have that conversation with individuals. Um, I see potential in you to do more and to serve in a different capacity. And would you join me on, um, on a path to, to developing you in that area? So to my board chair, um, I, I see you, uh, you know, God may be calling you away to something else, right? And I, I need, you know, I need you to help me develop this next person. So he or she may have that conversation with the next individual, right? We talked about, I think it's here, Omega, the I see in you conversation. I see in you a great leader. I see in you the, the next board chair. I see in you the next area director. I see in you, uh, intern, the next staff to take over and lead this, okay? So what are we doing to intentionally develop and have those conversations? Then I think we have to set, um, set or create clear expectations and then goals and standards for these roles. And for those of you that are familiar with who, um, when we're evaluating candidates to set the new roles, we have a score that we create. So in, in 12 to 24 months, what do we expect this individual to be able to do? So that's my new set of expectations that I have for them. So if I expect a rep now to, to be leading a team of three or four reps as a director, what does that look like? I need, you know, they need to be able to do their own donor ministry in a way that now they can teach others to be able to do it. They need to be able to do their own board ministry that they can guide others and lead others in how to do that. So can we create this scorecard, the set of expectations, goals, and standards for this role, just like Paul did as he was you know, describing either you know, a few should become teachers or, or who's stepping into these roles and what are the expectations, right? So how do we go about doing that? And then that's great. You developed all this so far um, and you've implemented it, but how are you doing? So point number five is, is, is uh, assess your progress periodically. So we're not going through this process for process sake. We're not evaluating to put a score on each of these individuals, right? But we are going through to say, God is asking us to grow this ministry to reach every coach and athlete. So we need to be making progress on this. So how are we evaluating that? When are we evaluating that? This isn't a daily progress thing. It's not a weekly progress thing, but at least quarterly, I would suggest. How am I doing with the individuals that I'm being intentional about developing or succession planning with? And 
for those of you that have direct reports that are then doing this with their board members, with their volunteers, encourage them to do check-ins to see how they're doing against this. Um, and you may take a look at this quarterly, annually, semi-annually, somewhere in there um, as a part of it. So went quickly there through a lot. Um, thoughts that you guys have in the remaining few minutes here, does this make sense? Um, questions as I ran through that, reactions? Jeff, you'll send that list out of those, those so we can look at it again, right? I will. That was a lot in a short amount of time. I had, I had plans to drop it into the chat just so we could have it, but I was just rolling. So the other part is, I mentioned this is something that I want to build out with some more structure to have tools for you guys. So um, remember the first time I signed up for a marathon, I told people about it. So once you tell people about it, like you have to do it because you told them they were going to do it. So here I am this morning, gang. I'm gonna develop, and if any of you are passionate about succession planning, I, in fact, I know some of you are actually really good at this, even though you didn't raise your hand before, you're so humble. Um, if you have a desire or interest to participate in that exercise with me to make it better, because I don't have all the answers, I will absolutely take volunteers. Um, I don't think this is gonna be um, an, an onerous task or, or super time consuming, but I think it will pay huge dividends. Um, the cool part about this is, a couple times recently, stuff stuff that you guys have created, that we've created, I've shared with other talent advancement directors. It's now being done in other regions across the U.S. So if we do this right, and not only will it benefit us and what God's got uh, going on in the Northeast, but maybe something that they can take uh, even more broadly. So my bar is set a little higher for what we want to create here. Comments from the crew, encouragement to the team. Thank you, Shanae. I think what's what's going on in my mind, I missed like your intro and everything, but hearing you talk, um, yes, succession planning, like as whatever role you're in is smart. It's a good thing to do. But the, I think there's a, there's even a, a deeper, a deeper issue here that this is the majority, like this, this whole conversation is, is when it comes down to it, we can't afford to be bad at this because this is the majority, I think, of what God has called us to do. Just in regards to people in general, like as, as leaders, we're all leaders in ministry. He's positioned us in a place to be these voices that go to somebody and says, I see more in you or I see this in you. You know, how can I help, you know, to use FCA words, how can I help, you know, equip and empower you to actually go and do this? Right. In many ways, we're just like staffing agencies or mobilizers. Right. You know where we just come to people and, and, and really just trying to see them get better. And so organizationally, like FCA, like, yeah, it's smart to do all this. But at the end of the day, like, this is really a lot, a big part of our job that we can't afford to be bad at. And so, um, I don't know, I think it's a good word, Jeff. I think it's a really good challenge. Um, and I'm, I'm there with you to, to walk along and be a part of some of this if you need help. Or, no. I know you are. And I, I thank you for that. In fact, I got to share one thing. Somebody dropped me a direct message here. Um, and I think this is important as we wrap up here. This is from Jesse. So Jesse, you're getting full attribution for this really important comment. And I'm glad you said it. Evaluating what relationships need to be passed on and built for your replacement is important. And that can feel scary. So how are you prepared? How are you prepared to pass along relationships that you have for an area? And wow, like that's, I can't believe, thank you. Jesse, that is, that's the, that is worth the price of admission right there. That is something that we're called to do. 
You guys have had the privilege of relationships passed along to you that have benefited your ministry from others. And we're called as we step into new roles to pass those relationships on to others as well. And doing that with excellence to Aaron's point, we can't afford not to, especially with relationships. So God, thank you for that time and for that message. All right, gang, I'm gonna close this in prayer here. Lord, thank you. Um, thank you for your word on this. Thank you for the examples that you provided um, through the life of Jesus and of Paul and Elijah and Elisha and so many others um, throughout your word. And but thank you that you've called us to a part of a growing ministry. Um, we've, we've heard it said that if you're not growing, um, you're, you're declining. And Lord, God, we know that's not what you're asking of us here. So Father, I pray that each one of us would, would be challenged and internalize what this could be for us in our areas and how we can across those dimensions of our, gosh, our, 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 our volunteers, our boards, the, the staff that you've entrusted us uh, with, Lord, that um, how can we continue to invest in them in a way that will ultimately continue to build your kingdom here, Lord. And um, as Vincenzo was saying that he feels like every time he writes the word every now, he puts it in all caps, no matter what he's doing, whether it's an FCA or out, Father. But I just think that's a beautiful example of the, the goal that we have, the vision that we have is to, to lead every coach and athlete. And without doing this well, Lord God, we want to accomplish that goal that you've set before us. So we give you thanks for this time this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.